Welcome to the Great Dad Life Podcast, episode number two. I'm your host, Kyle Warner. Today, we're going to be talking about ways to build your resume for free in order to open up other options down the road. It is really for anyone looking to advance their career without breaking the bank and even pertinent to college and high school students that may just be working part-time. Uh, here to discuss is my good friend, Evan Greco. What's going on, buddy? How's it going, man? It's good to see you again. It's good to see you too. Yeah, for sure. Um, Evan, in addition to being a good friend of mine, is a district manager. He manages seven going on nine stores. Uh, we met and worked together in the Army, deployed together, and now he's the father of three kids. So, Evan, uh, go ahead and fill in some of the gaps that I missed and, and give everybody just a, a quick bio. Sure. Um, so, just real quick bio myself. Uh, went to uh, grew up in New Jersey. Um, went to you know all my schooling up until college it was all done in in New Jersey in the Atlantic City area. Then I went to college in Arlington, Virginia at Marymount University. Graduated from there, went into the Army through Officer Candidate School, and then was in the Army altogether about three and a half years. I uh, was fortunate to be able to get out and go into uh, retail. I will call it for this uh, interview. I uh, got into retail, uh, started as an operations manager, um, went into a general manager role for that same company, and now I'm in a district manager role uh, as well. I was initially a district manager for the Northeast, covered New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania, and now I'm a district manager uh, based out of Pensacola, and now I manage uh, South Mississippi, South Alabama, and West Florida. That's where I'm at now. Yeah, and... Uh in addition to all of those things, you're probably the best storyteller I've ever met in my whole life. So I just wanted to throw that out there. (laughs) Well, uh, just a quick overview of what we're going to cover today. Um, We're going to cover three main topics. The first one's going to be, what do we mean by building your resume? And what what does that look like? Um, Number two would be Evan's story, you know, going from being a new college grad to being a military officer to jumping into corporate America. And then number three are some other ways to easily build your resume with maybe a smaller commitment than joining the military, you know, for, for three to four years or whatnot. So, uh, you know, let's kick it off. You know, when we talk about what is a resume and why is it important, Evan, what's your take on the whole thing? What, you know, what is a resume and why is it important to, to continue to build it? Uh, so your resume, really, especially for someone just getting out of school, your resume is everything. Okay, your resume is going to be what gets your foot in the door to a hiring process in an organization. Okay, and it's really going to tell your story okay, that you have whenever you're looking for a new job, or even if you're looking for advancement in your own career that you're already in. And that's why it's so important to continuously be building that. You know, it's it's a shame. I feel like there's this. Um, just this thought process, you know, that you have to go to an Ivy League school, okay? And then you have to advance your career. Let's say it's through getting your master's or something along those lines. Okay, you have to get that higher education, okay, in order to secure a good job and get a good life for you and your family. And that is just not the case, as you and I have seen, okay? I'd say we took the road less traveled and ended up exactly you know, where we wanted to be, okay, without having to follow that, you know, cookie cutter route that you're led to believe is what you have to do in order to be successful. Yeah, I completely agree. And and for the audience, I mean, I was a criminology and law major and you, sir, were a criminal justice major in, in college, oh, yeah. right? Be- before oh, yeah. we, 
before our time in the military. So, but I, I would agree with you. I mean, you know, it's a resume is basically your ticket to ride. It's, it's how you qualify for the next job, you know, and in some of these larger companies, when you send a resume and there are automated filters looking for keywords or key experiences. So even without somebody looking at those things, maybe your resume gets thrown out if you don't have the right stuff on it. Um, sometimes the folks that are reviewing resumes are not the folks that you would be working for. They're not the hiring manager, they're HR folks, right? And they're looking for keywords or key things in your background that would quote unquote qualify you for, for the role, right? So for this episode, when we say resume, uh, we're, we're talking about bridging the gap between what you're doing and, and what you want to do. Is that fair? That is fair. Okay. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right, Evan, let's, let's jump into your story, man. I, I think it's a great one. Um, take us back to, I think, what was it? 2011, 2012, right after graduating. Yeah. So that I think this piece is so critical, especially for you and I, because we had the odds stacked against us. <laughs> we graduated in 2011. It's, you know, 2008 to 2012, really the worst years you could have graduated, okay, because of the financial crisis. So not only did we graduate right in the middle of that time, but we also graduated as criminal justice majors, which I could not think of a more useless. I know there's a couple out there that, that may be more obscure or more acute, rather. Um, but, yeah, we just did not pick the right degree. That's for sure. OK, so the fact that, you know, we're both doing so well now, just I guess at this point, nine years later, um, and that's really the, the story I want to tell you is you don't have to follow what we had initially talked about in order to still get success. Okay. And so gra uh, graduated in 2011 and really had no idea what I was going to do. I had this idea. I wanted to go into federal law enforcement. Okay. Just, I think that's what anyone who goes to school for criminal justice wants to do. <laughs> yeah. And the problem is uh, not only did you have the financial crisis going on in 2011, but that was the same year we pulled out of Iraq. So I wanted to go into federal law enforcement, had no job experience. Okay, just had this college degree. And the market was just completely flooded with soldiers who would come back from Iraq and they get veterans preference. So I couldn't even land an interview anywhere. Um, fortunately, I had a hookup in the Secret Service. So I was able to get in in that hiring process. But ultimately, you know, I got all the way through. They were only taking a class of 50 people. And they told me, they were like, Evan, you know, you did really well through the hiring process. But at the end of the day, we can only pick 50 people. We have guys with bronze stars and trigger time in Iraq and Afghanistan. And you're just a fresh college student. Okay. And so we're going to go with them. And I was just devastated. Okay. It was really, you know, like that was, there was no plan B. Okay, that right, was right. me, and that was the only plan. And so that's when I made up my mind I was going to go into the military. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to become I'm going to become a vet and get that veterans preference, and this will be my way into federal law enforcement. And for okay, lo and behold, after I got into the army, I had no interest in going into law enforcement. After <laughs> I really, uh, started learning a lot about business, and you know, couldn't wait to get into corporate America after that. So for those who don't know what veterans preference is, could you explain how that point system works? Just sure. really high level. Yeah. So when you're looking at uh, government jobs, obviously with the military being part of the federal government, 
Okay, they want to take care of their veterans who have served. And so if you have, uh, there's different levels of veterans preference. Uh, I want to say the absolute highest one is a disabled vet who's deployed. Then you have uh, veterans who have just deployed, okay, to a combat zone. And then I think the third tier is just any veteran who's been in for X amount of time. Okay. And so they get, they get put right at the top of the hiring process whenever a new federal position opens up. So all things being equal with, between you and someone with veterans preference, they get that leg up due to their background. Exactly. And I even got, so when I was applying to jobs back in 11 and 12, I even got emails that just told me right from the get that my resume had already been reviewed and that unfortunately I wouldn't get an email because they had enough veterans to fill even the initial batch of people they were going to be interviewing. Jeez, that's, yeah. that's pretty wild. Well, it sounds like you went in with the intent of getting out after your contract was up to get back into law enforcement. That was the plan. Okay. It's, Initially. Yeah. It's super interesting, right? Because, you know, becoming a military officer does open up so many doors that you're not even aware that it can open up down the road. Not, not just on the officer side, but also on the warrant side and the the NCO side as well. And uh, it's funny, I was talking to another friend of mine um, on an episode uh, prior to this, and he was talking about getting into real estate. And he's like, I didn't know all the ins and outs, but I knew that initially taking that step and getting into real estate was going to lead to good things. Did, did you have a similar inkling uh, when you signed that, that contract? Oh, absolutely. And I, I don't know why I wanted to go into law enforcement. A lot of my hobbies were, I guess, all tailored to the idea that I would ultimately go into law enforcement. My mom uh, was involved in federal law enforcement. And so just dealing with her after everything with 9-11 until the time I graduated, I just I, I just thought that was the, the path I was going to follow. Mm-hmm. And then when I was in the military, I did not realize how many doors it opened up. I mean, you look at more than 40 year presidents, you know, all were uh, ex-military, uh, most of them being officers. And I didn't really see until I became an officer just how many doors that opened. But once it did, man, I had re- I hate to say it, but I just had no interest in going into law enforcement at that time. I, I don't know why I was pigeonholed to law enforcement, getting that school, <laughs> college degrees. Yep. But yeah, I mean, it just opens up so many doors. It really yep. does. And, and life changes too, right? I mean, I, I went in with the intention of, hey, I'm, I'm going to be a military officer for my entire career, but things get complicated when, you know, you get married or have kids or, or whatever, right? Like things change. So it is pretty great that that many doors open up. But just to set the stage for folks too, I mean, when you left for basic training, your daughter was two, two months, months old. Two yeah. months old. Yeah, that's, man, that's tough. So did you initially, when, when you signed the contract, did you see um, this as something that you were going to have to go through? You're going to kind of have to suck it up, work hard, and then you're going to come out of the other end uh, being better able to provide for, for your daughter? And That is stuff. exactly how I saw it. So I went in with the idea that I was going to get out. Uh, as soon as my initial contract was up. And that was really the beauty behind it. Since I knew that was the case, I went in through officer candidate school. And 
because you're going in through OCS and the military isn't having to pay for your college, it's an even shorter commitment. So if you go through, if I'm not mistaken, maybe you can correct me here. It's been a little bit, but if you go through one of the academies, I think you have a five-year commitment. Mm -hmm. Then if you go through ROTC, it's a four-year commitment. And then OCS is only a three-year commitment. So it was really the quickest way in and out for me to become a military officer and then get back out into whatever field I wanted to do in a, a relatively short amount of time, but less than you would, you know, a four-year degree. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, how like, so initially going to basic and OCS, I'm sure it was really tough, you know, balancing your responsibilities, being a new dad and, and working on the things that were going to make you successful um, in the army at the time. I mean, how did you balance some of those things? I mean, was it, Hey, my career needs my focus right now. And, and that's what I need to focus on. Or what, what was your mindset going through it's that? It's funny you ask. So I would say I didn't balance it. That's how I was able to make <laughs> it work. So fortunately, you know, I had a wife who was very supportive and, and understood what, what the plan was. Okay. we didn't have exactly where I'd end up. Okay. But we knew that I just like really needed to focus on my career for the next three years in order to open up all these different avenues. But man, that initial year was brutal. Okay. For me and my wife and my daughter, because went to basic training, which was about two months or so, then went to OCS, which was three months and change. And then went to basic officer leadership course, which was six months. And, you know, going from Georgia to Oklahoma, had two weeks off for the holidays. And then as soon as I got to Fort deployed after two months, I mean, in the first four, in the first two years of my time in the military, I really only saw my family four months during that whole time. That was it. Let that sink in. Yeah. And, um, you do have a, a funny story. I don't know if you'd be willing to tell it um, about a late night that, you know, when you were an XO and you came home and Haley greeted you. Do you know the one I'm talking about? Remind me, remind me which one you're talking about. They were um, just, I mean, that could have been so much <laughs> as an executive officer. I'm trying to remember one story in particular. Well, for folks who aren't aware, I mean, so, you know, obviously Evan walked through, you know, his, his first few years leading up through like the deployment and then got back and then became an executive officer. One of the most demanding roles at any level, right? You just, you're working constantly, you know, you're working long hours. Um, you're involved in every decision made. Um, and, uh, the, the story that, that I'm referring to is you got home after a late night, maybe it was seven or eight at night. Oh. I, yeah, I already know what you're talking okay, about. Okay. Okay. You'd probably tell it better than I would. Yeah. So I, so I came home one night. I mean, that job was just so demanding. I mean, well, what do you think we were normally working the course of a day? 12 hours was about your standard work day. Yeah. That was a normal day. Yeah. And I just came home and all I wanted to do was just relax. Okay. It was such a brutal day. And I remember I got home and uh, my daughter want, just wanted to play. Like the moment I got home and I was like, Haley, please. Okay. Just, just give me a little bit. Okay. Give me like half hour or an hour or so just to relax. And she was like, why did you even come home? Like, why don't you just go back to work? You know? And like, I, I totally got it from her being two or three years old that I mean, she was right. <laughs> like in mindset, you know, why even come home if I wasn't going to be able to play with her? Yeah. Yeah. No doubt, man. It, 
I mean, that just goes to show you how tough it was on the family as well, right? I mean, definitely a a, a tough family life day to day. But so you you get through these three years, right? Um, of being a, a military officer, you've gained a lot of experience. And then all of a sudden, one of the doors that opens up is there are specific programs that take talented junior military officers. So normally we're talking lieutenants and captains, right? And they will hook you up with uh, corporate uh, recruiters who have open roles, right? So I think the one that you used was Cameron Brooks. I did, yeah. Okay. So basically you you outsource the search for, for your new career to these folks as well, which is pretty outstanding. Yes. Okay. And so what's uh, really, I had no idea until we had a couple of buddies who exited the military and they also went into corporate America. I had no idea the demand for junior military officers, your lieutenants and captains that existed. And it made total sense. And this is really the first big piece to the building your resume mm-hmm. is by us going into the army, you are afforded leadership opportunities that would take you years to get to if you just started in a civilian career. And so the perfect way to illustrate that is, so we graduated during a rough time, okay? Like we already talked about. And so by the age of 25, where most of my contemporaries when I was in college, they got out and they were like, maybe, maybe entering a like first time managerial position, let's say a project manager, of maybe a team of four. And that's a big if, like I'd say a lot of my friends that probably took till 26, 27 to enter their first leadership role like that. You and I were in Afghanistan leading a whole platoon, you know, of 30 soldiers in a really austere environment. Okay. And assigned for, in my particular case, $65 million worth of equipment that I was responsible for. So where they were at, in let's say their leadership development. Okay, I was so far beyond that. And we were, you know, 25 years old. And so it was really impressive. And so what's interesting, and this is one of the things that that company, Cameron Brooks, I was with was at, is they show you that it takes about eight years for your experiences to level out. So me in the military and then my civilian counterpart at year eight, after you've graduated college, that's really where your careers have just about caught up to each other. But anytime before year eight as a military officer, you are just so far beyond your counterparts who just went to the civilian world. And then, I mean, once you're post command, so let's say you just wrapped up command, you were in charge of a hundred soldiers, that's really where you get to the point of diminishing returns. Because by the time you're going to get a chance for battalion command, your peers may have already surpassed you who stayed in their civilian careers. You know, so um, really, as soon as you're done command, or in my particular case, where it got done XO time and platoon leader time, I mean, that was the time to to strike, really, you know, to make my entrance into corporate America. Yeah, no, I... You know, it, it, it's so interesting. You don't think about it that way on your way in, right? No. But, no. <laughs> but, but on the other end, you know, it, it makes all the sense in the world. And, you know, my daughter's just two and a half now. But, I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think about the advice that I would give her, you know, about what uh, type of work to go into and, and what to really value in a role. And the one thing that's never going to not be in demand is leadership. You know, and as a military officer, there's just so many 
opportunities to practice every day, whether it's rain, you're running ranges, uh, PT, field problems, inventories, long range planning, uh, your soldiers have some admin issues or whatnot. I mean, there, there's just so many opportunities to, to practice that you get very competent very quickly, hence that demand, right? Folks can teach you the business, but if you bring that leadership uh, ability, I mean, that, that's really a value to them. Yep, I'm telling you, you're, you're spot on. And so that leadership, I knew when I got out of the military, I wanted to continue the leadership piece. And what's interesting is getting into retail like I did, mm-hmm. not only could I continue the leadership um, trajectory I was on, but really I could accelerate it. Yep. So, you know, in the, when you're a platoon leader, you have about 30 soldiers. And then when you're a company commander, you have 100. And then when you get to battalion command, you're, what would you say? 400 plus. 400. Yeah. So what I did, I did the platoon leader piece. And then I was able to leave the military after that. Yeah, it was an exo who covered down for his company commander a few times. So I, you know, managed about 100 people. And then where I would have had to wait until, what do you think? Like if I was booking it in the military, how long do you think would, what year do you think I could go into battalion command? Jeez, I mean, it, halfway through the second decade. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I was saying. I was thinking like year 12, I'd be able to enter battalion command. Yeah. So what I did, instead of waiting until year 12, okay, so I left the military at year four after I would have gotten out of college. Then I joined uh, the company I'm with now, okay, and got into retail. Started about the same area from a leadership perspective, okay, and then I became a general manager. So I was leading a team of 60 people in that case, and then became a district manager by my second year out of the Army. So now we're at year six being out of college, and I was already in a battalion equivalent role, you know, I'm managing 350 people. I have another two locations opening up this year. So you're going to look at all in probably about 450, 470 people. And so at this point in time, now I'm at year nine out of college and still well ahead of time, okay, that I'd have to wait in the military to reach that same leadership equivalent. It's truly amazing. I don't know if you've, uh, read Matt Best's book. So Matt Best, for those who don't know, he's um, he's one of the co-founders of Article 15 Clothing. Black, I, I might get this wrong, but one of the co-founders of uh, Black Rifle Coffee Company, among many others, right? He's got a very big social media presence. And he wrote a book called Thank You for My Service. And uh, he was in the Ranger Regiment, um, did some c- contract work, but basically, you know, if you read the whole book, he talks about how a lot of folks thank him for the things that he did. But in reality, he talks about how his experiences in the military, including the network that he gained through his time in the service, are really responsible for all the other good things that happened in his life, which is, you know, pretty outstanding. I mean, I can definitely relate. Like, I've gained much more than I gave for sure. Oh, oh without question. Now, look, I haven't read that book. But it sounds like it's very pertinent to the topic that we're discussing here. I never would have had this opportunity, at least as quickly as I did without mm-hmm. the military service. There's no question about it. You know, had I just gone into retail, now I could have gotten to where I'm at now. But I mean, we're talking about a significantly longer timeline, you know, where it took me two years to become a district manager. It probably would have taken me 
five if I just started right from ground. And I mean, like, that's really like top-notch performance the whole time. Okay. And do, doing the proper networking, okay, in order to get where I needed to be. But yeah, I mean, the fact that I was able to come in and in such a short amount of time be able to take that much responsibility, um, all due to my military service. No question about it. Last topic on the military service. Let's talk a little bit about the network that you gain uh, by, by being in the military, not just on the officer side, um, but just being in the military in general. I mean, what, what's your take on it? Yeah, it's a really impressive network for sure. Um, I, I mean, I've, first off, I just made such good friends while I was in the Army. I stay in touch with quite a few of you guys. I really do. But also, even going into corporate America now, it's crazy that I can just meet someone who, let's say, was a artillery captain or an infantry lieutenant. You just immediately, I don't know, there's just like this bond you guys immediately <laughs> just met each other. It's really, really cool to see. And not only that, I've recruited a bunch of the people who I was in the military with his, to come in, work for me in in the company I'm with. So it is just, it's just the gift that keeps on giving. It really is. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, my, my initial role out of the army um, when I got out was because of my network. So initially I was working with two other companies and I went to some of those conferences um, for junior military officers and I was following up, up with some folks, but my resume was out there on LinkedIn and I got an email one day and the subject line was just my, my old ROTC motto, always warriors. So I'm like, I, I got to open this up. And it was, uh, a person who is who's a veteran who went through my same ROTC program, I think might have graduated four years prior to me. Um, but basically he he was definitely my foot in the door for that initial role coming off of active duty, you know, and initial I I didn't go to the same location that he was located in, but he really expedited everything else for me, put me in contact with the right people that led to to an offer in, in that, that first role off of active duty. So yeah, I, I completely agree with you. That's good. Yeah, absolutely. Well, good stuff. I mean, are there any other lessons learned that you'd like to leave folks with before we, we jump into some of these other ways to build your resume for free? So I, just on that topic, I don't think there is more, if you're willing and you're able to go into uh, the military after college, I, I just, I could not recommend it enough. I really couldn't. Like when it comes to building your resume, there is no more bang for your buck that you could get than being a military officer. Yeah, okay. Obviously there's a lot of important degrees or certifications that uh, definitely help you out on there, but but nothing is going to give you that scope of responsibility at such a young age. There's just nothing else like it. I agree with you. I, I think being a JMO is definitely a, a great career builder, but I think you and I can both agree that we've seen a lot of people, not just on the officer side, but also on the enlisted side, that definitely wasted a lot of the time that they had where they, they could have gotten involved in things that had leadership opportunities or whatnot. Absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And just one of the things to run into, and and for anyone who's watching, uh, we're not trying to say that being enlisted is in any way going to negatively impact your career. But being an officer, I mean, you're just thrown into such 
key leadership roles so early on. So let's say you uh, just enlisted. What do you, how much time do you think would lapse from your time of enlistment to the time that you would be a platoon sergeant in your opinion, Kyle, how much time do you think it would take to get to that? I think the fastest you could do it officially and hit E7 is seven years. Um, seven and seven, I think would be a, a fast track. Yeah. Right along those same lines. And so I, I think we've been pretty conservative with our timeline. So the quickest it would take you if you enlisted would be seven years into a platoon leader role. What we said about battalion command, like you really booking it 12 years, you know, and so just going uh, through the routes that we talked about, or whether it be ROTC or OCS, you just get into the military so quickly and into a key leadership role and then out before you have to start worrying about those diminishing returns. Okay. And, you know, had you enlisted, okay, and then gone and got your college degree, um, yeah, okay, it's still beneficial. It can, I'll tell you what, being enlisted and deploying and then going into a college atmosphere, I mean, you can bring so much more to the classroom from an experience standpoint than I ever could have, you know, just going right from high school into college. But you just don't have that same, that leadership trajectory we were talking about. Yeah. Okay? Yep. It's, it's such a delayed uh, time frame that you're dealing with before you can get to that scope of responsibility. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And uh, before we we move on and, and talk about some some other ways to build your resume for free, I, I just wanted to go back to some of these companies that that search for these roles specifically for JMOs because I think th- this is something that I had no visibility on when I, I first entered into active duty. Um, but it, it was huge for me and for you, like coming out, right? Because what these companies do, and there's Cameron Brooks, Lucas Group, um, uh, Alliance, Bradley Morris, yeah. yeah. There, there's quite a few of them and a few smaller ones. And uh, what they do, and you know, their prop, the specifics of their process might vary a little bit, but they uh, they partner with corporate partners that have open roles. Um, that they want to bring junior military officers into, right? And as a junior military officer, they if you create an account, they give you all these free resources. It's like a reading list, uh, different types of resumes and how to translate your experience into um, like a civilian sounding resume, um, interview questions and, and, you know, answers. Am I missing anything? No, no. And so I'm glad you brought that back up. I definitely want to circle around to it. I don't want to downplay the significance that Cameron Brooks played in me getting into the career that I'm in now. Uh, So I knew I wanted to leave the military. Okay. And I knew I had a pretty good uh, resume built up at this point in time, but I had no idea what I wanted to go into as far as a career path went. And I also didn't have any of the the network I needed. Yeah, I had a great network inside the army, but I didn't have anything in corporate America. Okay, especially with most of my family and friends were all in the federal government, uh, you know, which I had zero interest going into. So, I mean, I really like this was completely uncharted territory for me. And so I got in with Cameron Brooks. I was really fortunate. You know, there's a lot of different military recruiters out there. And like someone like Bradley Morse, okay, they're really good, but they 
they're, they're, they're all things to all people, okay? So whether you're a brand new enlisted, senior enlisted, you're retiring from the military, you're a military officer, they handle everyone. And so it can be very difficult for them to be you know, great in one particular area where Cameron Brooks is only junior military officers. Okay. So it's only lieutenants and captains. Um, so that was good. Okay. And they only place about 300 officers a year. And so I was very fortunate uh, to be able to get in with them. And so since they deal with such a small amount of officers, how their program works is they ideally they like to get you a year to a year and a half out before you leave the military. Um, I was on a much more accelerated timeline. I only got in with them like six months before I left, but they put you through. It's really like an accelerated MBA program is what they put you through. They have a lot of different modules for you to work on, too, in order to determine what your interests are, what it is you want to do in corporate America. And then I had a ton of face to face. I mean, I probably met face to face four to five times in that six month time period, just so we could work on the interview prep, building your resume. And then the main thing that they provide you is they have the whole network, okay, of organizations who they've been working with. I think Cameron Brooks has been working with Johnson & Johnson for 40 years, you know, just to illustrate how, how deep some of their connections run. But the big difference is if I were just to get out of the military and then try and find a job on my own, I'd really be going through a recruiter. Whereas Cameron Brooks, after I did my initial career conference with them, they set me up with uh, 13 interviews um, with 13 different organizations. And then from there, did four follow-up interviews. In three out of those four follow-up interviews, I got to meet the CEO firsthand. Okay, like there's no way I could have secured that kind of of audience okay just on my own you know unless like i really had some good connections in that organization but just through cameron brooks how high profile it is getting one of their candidates uh i mean yeah you couldn't you, you couldn't even pay to get that kind of exposure going into a new company well the efficiencies there too so when you you talk about doing interviews right for for folks who are not familiar or maybe for newer junior military officers what these companies do, and it's completely free to you, the way they make their money is they get a certain percentage of your first year salary when you accept or if you accept a role, right? So there's no cost to you. You get all these resources and then they'll have a hiring conference. So you'll go there with other junior military officers and there's different conference rooms um, that each company has, right? And they have, they might have one open position. They might have five open positions, but it's, cost beneficial for you because you can go meet with eight to 15 different folks, you know, hiring managers or whatnot. And it's obviously the cost beneficial for them for the same reason, right? They can meet so many different candidates. Um, and then you do your follow-up from there based on feedback that you get and um, if they're willing to fly you out or whatnot. But it's, it's just a very efficient, program. Oh yeah. And I mean, it's a win for everyone involved. So it's a win for the applicant because I mean, I got to interview with uh, fortune 500 companies. So I got to do 13 interviews in two days. And so just going to deal with fortune 500 companies. Okay. Companies that have like the one I'm with now that's been around for 58 years um, or $30 billion. Like uh, just very impressive list of companies you get to interview with. That's a win for the uh, companies themselves because why I did 
13 interviews in those two days. I mean, I think they can do up to 16 interviews in those two days of just top-notch applicants to have um, so really good hiring pool. And then it's obviously a win for Cameron Brooks, okay, because they're getting a percentage of our of that first year uh, pay that we get in an organization. So, I mean, it, it, there's, and it's even a win for the hotel, okay, because they run out the entire hotel yeah, for all yeah. the companies. <laughs> I mean, anyone involved in this thing is coming out. Uh, yep. and on the better end. Yeah. And, and that cut doesn't come out of your paycheck, right? So just, no, just no. to clear that up for, yeah. for everybody. <laughs> yeah, it's from, the, from the organization, it's the finder's fee. So it's yep. yep. what they're paying for us to already be vetted through the, through the placement firm. Yep. Well, good stuff, man. Well, let, let's switch gears a little bit. You know, let's, let's talk to the folks that, um, don't either don't want to make that big of a commitment or don't want to make that specific commitment. Um, what are some of the smaller ways that, that they can really start building their resume to prepare for the next level role within their, their current role, even if they're part-time? So that's a great question. Okay. Because I know not everyone is going to have, um, is either going to be able to join the military that they may not have the family situation where they can leave their family, you know, for, yeah. for an extended for 20 months, you know, like I did in a, in a two year period, I completely get that that just isn't going to work for everybody. And what's interesting now is being in retail. I can tell you that I think that is a great starting platform for someone, um, well, one of the things you and I have talked about before, like we had talked about, is people think they have to get like an Ivy League education or get even uh, further their education, you know, through grad school or getting their JD or their their doctorate. And one of the things I was actually just reading about is the average Ivy Leaguer is making uh, 114000 by the time they're 34. So when they're 12 years removed from college, and man, I'm going to tell you, you can easily make double that, okay, if you were to go into retail and by your 12-year mark, you can easily double that, okay? And I can tell you, most people in my position don't even have a college degree, you know? So, I mean, you can get a four-year head start on anyone who who is. And what's interesting about retail is very similar to the Army. If you want increased responsibility, you got it. <laughs> they have no problem giving it to you, okay? It's a very difficult industry to to operate in, but man, I'm telling you, if you, they will give you as much uh, to bite off as you want, okay, that you think you can handle. Uh, it's very similar in that aspect, but yeah, I just, uh, I think it's a really great starting platform and there's nowhere you can go wrong in a customer service industry. Okay. That is applicable to anything you'll do. Just like we talked about with leadership, always being in high demand, the customer service is the same thing. It really is. Yep. And I mean, that's one thing that it just can't be outsourced, you know? And so I'm telling you, I think that's, uh, I would highly recommend now that I've been in this field, that if there's someone who's not sure what they want to do, but I mean, they're willing to work hard, um, willing to travel, okay, and and just have an agility to learning that, man, you can really do well for yourself in retail and you don't have to take any of the steps I did. Yeah, obviously, it would greatly accelerate your, your ability to get your upward mobility, but man, you mm -hmm. could... Uh, you honestly could start in the same line of work that I did just coming right out of high school and probably be where I'm at. Okay. Now that I'm nine years removed, you you, you could probably do it. 
Yeah, I, I think the mobility is a great piece that not a lot of people talk about. I mean, if you are mobile, you're willing to move for different roles as they open up, you're going to skyrocket compared to someone that says, no, this is where I'm going to stay for my entire career. Because at that point, you're at the mercy of other folks leaving or getting promoted, right? Yes. And that's another reason why I was able to advance so quickly in the company I got into is because I was willing to relocate. So I relocated initially out of the military and then I relocated again to get my first district manager role. And I'm telling you, the only the only reason I even had that chance is because no one wanted to go up to the Northeast in this particular case. And I mean, that's where I was from originally. And so the fact that I was willing to move so quickly, I mean, that probably advanced me about six months sooner than the timeline was for me, just because I was the, the one guy who was able to do it right then and there. And then able to move again for where I'm at now. See, I probably moved three times in four years now uh, for my company, but those are the things you have to be willing to do if you want to be able to get that. Um, just what we talked about, such quick timelines to be able to move into into levels of advanced uh, responsibility. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Well, um, what what else from from your end? You know, so there's agility. I think that's a huge one. What what else is going to get someone to where they want to go a little faster? Look, there's no two ways around it. Okay, just the hard work element too. Okay, so you know I'm a big work smarter, not harder kind of guy. Yep. But I mean, there's no replacement for uh, the hard work piece. Okay, coming into the military, that's one thing that didn't change a lot. Okay, going from the military to retail is, I mean, it's about the same amount of time that I was spending there. Uh, you have to be willing to, you know, the, the common. Uh, misconception that Gen Xers have about us being millennials is just like, we're not willing to work, show up on time. Okay. Now, I mean, there may be some validity to that statistically, but I think that's where you and I have kind of separated ourselves from the rest of the pack because we have no problem, you know, putting in, putting in the hours in order yeah. to be successful. Yeah. You got to invest the time, right? Oh yeah. So investing the time up front, being able to uh, move like we had talked about, um, being able to network is, God, that is crucial. Okay. It really is. And I'm trying to think, um, just being a lifelong learner, you know, you can't ever feel like you've reached this level where you are, you know, everything that there is mm -hmm. to know about whatever role you're currently in. Okay. Whether it was us when we were in the military, whether it was me being an operations manager or general manager, or district manager, you just always have to be learning. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree, man. Um, you know, and it's, it's funny as I was preparing for this interview, I knew that you and I were going to bring two different perspectives here and I, I think they're in line, but, um, I did a talk not too long ago at my old high school. I had a teacher that asked me to come in and I've told you this story. So this is more for, for the rest of the audience. Right. Um, but he said, you know, talk about whatever you think is important. You know, I, I think at that point I was nine or 10 years removed I thought I had done some pretty cool things in, in my short time following high school. And um, so I went in talking about how to build your resume for free. That was the topic. That's why I was so excited to bring this idea to you too. Um, so I go through my spiel. I go through, you know, I, I graduated ROTC, got to do some cool things, jump out of airplanes, 
um, at, at um, airborne school or whatnot, got deployed, went into corporate America. And, um, you know, they, they asked if there were any questions at the end and there was silence for a few seconds. And then one of the, the guys goes, how much you deadlift? <laughs> that, that was the big takeaway. From yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, man, this topic is absolutely needed if that's the feedback I get from, from a high school senior. But um, some of the key points that I, I made during that presentation was one, get some keywords on your resume. You know, there, there's really no certification or degree necessary to have experience doing something outside of your key function, right? So even I think back to when I worked at a restaurant in high school, if you can get some experience understanding inventory, you know, maybe that's a, an additional role for you. Maybe you don't make additional yes. money doing it, but if you seek out the opportunity to learn inventory or or margin in a business like retail, you're going to be head and shoulders above the other folks. I mean, right or wrong. Yeah, that's a really good point. So I would say, and it's so funny because like I never had any of this. So I'm glad you got to experience it uh, when you were in high school. But, you know, I was I was fortunate. I had a family who was like, look, you just focus on school. OK, don't worry about getting a job like we can we can cover your gas and stuff like that. OK, until you graduate. So, man, when I came out, I had no ex like no actual work experience at all. And so had I been able to work in an organization at work in a company during even my time in high school where it, even getting that customer service, getting like yeah. basic inventory functions um, from a managerial standpoint, scheduling, mm -hmm. uh, any kind of HR, it, it, any kind of HR functions. So hiring, uh, firing, um, raises, okay, stuff like that, understanding labor to percent of sales. Yep. Um, Oh, what other kinds of things could you have? Uh, could you get, oh, anything related to profit and loss. Okay, so actually getting your name on a PL. That's huge. I remember one of the, I had interviewed with another company after I had started with the one I'm with now. And I mean, the first question they asked with me being in a managerial role was, you know, what was my uh, annual operating profit for the, for the business that I was, it was like the first thing on there. So yeah, I'm telling you that that piece is key, and you don't even have to, you know, get into a district manager role like I am now, or or go through the military in order to start gaining those kind of things that you can have on your resume, you know, outside of the leadership piece. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And for anyone who's who's not familiar, PL is a profit and loss statement, right? So it's um, a statement that shows where the money's coming in in the business and where the money's leaving. You know, it shows all of your expenses and whatnot, and if, if you can understand that and speak to it, I mean, and if you can own part of it, that that's even bigger to your point, right, Evan? But no, all, all good stuff. Um, you know, and I, I think about when I left the military, right? So, or even going into the military, right? You start, or I started as a criminology and law studies major and got the opportunity to work in air defense in the army as you did, right? On radars and some pretty high tech stuff, right? Which is, is really cool. But looking back at my background, I, I wasn't necessarily qualified to do that, but the army trained me up, right? And then going from, from that role to corporate America, I was able to slide into a process improvement position 
usually set aside for someone with an engineering background due to the leadership I gained from the previous role, right? And then after that, um, well, during that that role, I got the chance to go to some Lean Six Sigma training, right? And I got to put that on my resume, which qualified me for the next position. That's huge. So, I mean, and I, I just think it's kind of cool when I, I stop and think about how I made myself qualified for the next role, you know, without going out and spending my own money to get new certifications or whatnot. Yeah. And what's interesting about that is I would say my last six months. So as soon as I partnered with Mm -hmm. Cameron Brooks, it was six months before I left. And it was such an interesting time because now I knew that, you know, 180 days from there, I would be interviewing with organizations and they gave me 26 questions. It was uh, 26 interview questions that are, you could very easily change the word on them and it's a totally another question. So these 26 really span the whole gamut of questions you would uh, encounter in an interview. And there were some that I just didn't have answers to yet. So over that next six months, I either volunteered for things or, or did projects in which I knew I could develop an answer for this exact question. Like I was like, the man in the battalion for so many things because <laughs> there were certain experiences I was trying to gain before I left uh, that time there, just so I knew that I'd have a really good answer during the interview process. That That's such a great point. And that goes back to what we were talking about, about not wasting the time that you're given. And even in your exactly. current role, I, you know, there, there's so many opportunities to get on a Lean Six Sigma team or a TPM team or some type of project team right and that's really what you know when when i'm hiring someone that that's what i want to hear about you know certifications are all great but i want to hear about the experience i want to hear about how you implemented it or what the team did or or whatnot so any that's another piece of advice is any opportunity to jump on a team like that and gain some experience is going to be huge exactly and as many things i know can be difficult getting outside of your comfort zone but the more experiences you get, I mean, it just makes you such a well-rounded applicant. You know, the more things that you can have on your resume that just cover uh, various uh, responsibilities outside of what, you know, just would fall into your typical duties. It just makes you that much more appealing to a, to a hiring manager. It really doesn't get those key phrases that we were talking about that yeah. would get you through the hiring process, you know, in order to get that next step. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the last one I had is ask yourself, what does my boss care about? What does my boss's boss care about? Right. I, and you'd be shocked at how easy it is to get that answer. Just ask them. Oh yeah. Right. Like if, if you understand those two things, and I think that goes back to our military days, right? Understanding the higher mission, two levels above your own is critical in understanding your role in the organization or in the mission or whatnot. So what's your take on that? Uh, I mean, I live by the mantra, if it's important to my boss, it's important to me. (laughs) All about that and exactly what you said, you mentioned a very important piece there, two levels up. So I can tell you now as a district manager, I report to uh, my direct supervisor as the division manager. And then he reports to the vice president. Okay, so knowing what the two of them are focused on, which Uh, You can be in some organizations where the company is like very in tune with what the 
goals are for the organization that year and everyone works towards that. Or you can be in an organization or you just have a certain chain of command where the VPs focused on X, the division managers focused on Y, and then it's it's very important you're focused on probably both those things, okay, and in the role I'm at because I want to please both my supervisor, okay, and my my senior rater, to put it in, in Army terms. Yep. And I don't think it matters what level you're at, right? I mean, your oh, boss yeah, will... That comes from any level. Okay, yep. even if you were a cashier, yep. you know, if I was a cashier somewhere, I'd want to make sure that I know what my shift leader deems important, okay, and then what my general manager is focused on. You know, you just want to make sure that you're pleasing all those uh, in your chain. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I mean, that that's all I had on my list. I did, did you have any other uh, key takeaways? Uh, no, I'm telling you, I just love the, uh, that's why I was so happy when you asked me to talk about this topic because especially when you're, you're in college, you just, there's so much you don't know, you know, what I wouldn't give to be able to talk to my uh, college. <laughs> you know, I don't even know if I would have went to college, you know, honestly. <laughs> America. Right. But just the experiences that you gain and just the constantly, uh, constantly focused on building your resume. That piece is huge. And I feel like so many people, they just get into like a dead end job or they get into what's comfortable and, and mm-hmm. that kind of it, you know, where the yeah. whole name of the game for me when I left the military was upward mobility. It was like yeah. the sole thing I was focused on when I was interviewing with companies. Mm-hmm. And uh, to me, that's what it's all about. You know, there, there were a couple of jobs that I looked at that I think I could have uh, done well for myself, a uh, c- couple of corporate sales jobs, but there wasn't anything, there wasn't anything above that, you know, where I was looking for the company who wasn't just looking at me to fill an immediate need, but the company who was like, I could see this guy, you know, filling the next two or three positions from here. You know, yep. that's, that's what I was looking for. That long-term perspective is key, right? And I, I mean, even if you are, again, working at a restaurant, you're, you're in high school or whatnot, I mean, just understanding that it's not just about the dollars, right? One of the hangups that I see is, well, I'm not going to take this additional duty because I don't get paid more for it, right? It's not yeah, about the dollars. Yeah. Think about, okay, maybe you don't get paid extra for it hourly, but you are adding to your resume, right? You are working on that long-term approach, which is the most important thing. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I see that mentality in so many people. I really do where they're like, no, I'm not going to do any additional work, okay, unless I'm getting paid for it. But there is so much that goes along with that. So one of the things over this last year that I've done in addition to my job now and for no additional pay is, you know, I worked on the company's first college internship program. Okay, they've never had a structured internship program for college students. So I helped work on that. And I was the mentor for college students. I'm on the company's district manager forum. So it's like a think tank of district managers, just of various things we can work on to either fix efficiency issues or or communication with corporate or rolling out new projects. Uh, Did that. I uh, initiated an emerging leader program for my division. Okay. And so these were all like very time consuming endeavors to get into, but they increased my networking in the organization. Okay. And some of these were really high viz programs. Okay. So it gave me more exposure. Yeah. I wasn't making any more money, but it gave me more exposure 
to key players in the organization. Okay, it let me increase my network of peers because I was working with a lot of different district managers uh, outside of my division um, for these projects. Okay, and then also something as simple as at the end of the year, okay, I knew, and this is what we talked about with the long-term perspective, I knew there was an evaluation question, okay, for my big annual eval with my divisional and my VP of what did you do to better the organization? And for any of my peers who were just DMs, I mean, they didn't really do anything. You know, yeah, they made the company some more money as a district manager, but they didn't do anything outside of that. They didn't rise up. You know, I could say helping out the college interns, working on the emerging leaders, all the different projects I worked on the DM forum. Okay. And I mean, that's it, it, all those experiences. Okay. And being able to have that on my, on my resume worth so much more than just asking for a raise or just denying it because yeah, I wasn't getting any additional pay for it. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Good stuff, man. Well, we, we covered a ton today. I really appreciate you being here. If anyone has any questions for you or whatnot, or, or would like to reach out, what's, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Uh, so I would say best way would just be to uh, send me an email. Okay, uh, my email, uh, personal email is evan, E-V-A-N, dot greco, G-R-E-C-O, five nine at gmail.com. But yeah, that would probably be the easiest way. Um, and I'm always willing to help out. Good stuff. Well, thanks again for your time, my friend. I appreciate it. No it was good getting to see you again. Yeah, you too.